Hello, and welcome to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast, part of the SB Nation family. I'm your host, Brendan Ertel, and you can find my Saints articles on Canal Street Chronicles as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Brendan underscore Ertel. And welcome back to another episode of the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host today, Brendan Ertel, and we're going to be talking about cap space and what the contracts look like for the Saints this offseason. But I have a very special guest today, Christian Garrick, the host of Sports Talk Monday through Friday on WWL 8:70 a.m. Christian, how's it going? Good, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Before I get into anything, Saints Talk, I just got to ask first: How is it like working with Bobby Abier every single day of the week? <laughs> uh, it's tremendously fun. And uh, I grew up watching Bobby play. You know, he was the guy that you know, when I was started watching the Saints. He was the, he was the quarterback. And it's kind of a, a neat little twist on life. I, you know, I used to, I used to, um, you know, kind of when I was playing football, try to beat Bobby Abert. Now I'm sharing a studio with him and a show with him. And he's uh, he's got a ton of energy. He's got a great passion for the game. And he's I think he doesn't realize how unintentionally funny he, he really is. I mean, he's very entertaining. And I'm really pumped for him just because he's no longer just a former player doing radio. He's a personality of, unto himself and has really grown, grown into a broadcaster and an entertainer. You know, it's not just, oh, he used to play football, so now he's on the radio. It's He's got his own persona and personality about him as well on the air. Yeah, for sure. I had a Saints hat that I had your signature, Bobby Abert's signature, and Drew Brees' signature, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So it's a pleasure having you on today. The reason I brought you on was because I, I think you're, you, you're a CBA genius. You, you know more than pretty much anyone else about the salary cap and everything like that. So it's, it's a pleasure having you on, but now let's get into the Saints talk. So before, uh, the expectation is that Drew Brees will return this offseason. Uh, it's still up in the air. He says like he's going to wait a month. Just kind of, just to mull over how he's feeling. Um, what do you think Drew will do, and like, what do you think the contract will look like if Drew does come back? I think it's, you know, it's truly like he says it is. It's a year-to-year thing. I think you're probably going to see a one or a two-year contract um, with the, the last year and the second year being voidable by either the club or by Drew himself, and it's going to be in the neighborhood of you know twenty-five, twenty-eight, thirty million dollars. It just is. You know, I know people are going to sit there and say, well, Drew's got enough money. He's made enough money. Why, should, why can't he give the team a hometown discount? Well, look what Tom Brady did for the Patriots. They didn't give him enough weapons around him. So, And on top of that, you know, look, the bottom line is that if you're playing a game and if you're playing it at an elite level, which he still is, um, evidenced by his uh, Player of the Month honors in the month of December before the postseason, then you're going to get market value. You have to. You owe it to your, you owe it to your fellow Players, your fellow quarterbacks, you're going to get market value, and I think that's fair. And ultimately, I think that's where the deal comes in: twenty-five to thirty million dollars for one year. Perhaps a, you know, if it's a forty million dollar contract over two years, and you got to consider that whether he plays this year or not for your team, he counts for twenty million dollars plus on your salary cap because of the, the, the recent, the current deal. Well, it's not current anymore come March, but the the, the last deal that he was on. The way they kind of kick the can down the road, um, they could spread that out if he signs a contract. They could prorate that and get that off the books. But um, it's just a fact of the matter, and it's a cost of doing business kind of thing. 
Yeah, no matter what, he counts $21 million against the cap this year, whether he plays or not. So I'm glad you brought that up. And a player like Drew Brees, like his caliber, 25 to $30 million, I think that's a budget for someone like him, especially like we'll, we'll see contracts like Dak Prescott and like Patrick Mahomes soon. They're going to be upwards of $40 million, anything close to that. So it's it's important to get him under contract for – I mean, $25 million is, is, a, is a fair value for him, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, there are some that will try to sell you on the argument that, you know, Father Time has caught up with them, and I would say, not yet. It will. It will. And, and Father Time's nipping at his heels, okay? But he hasn't, he hasn't cut, quite caught through Breach yet. But, you know, um, I think that you're, as an organization, um, you can't let that guy, they're not going to, um, you can't let that guy, uh, walk walk away from it, and you know you you, you ultimately. Um, it's almost like you know, he's going to call a shot when he decides he's done. So it's just you know you, you keep playing it out year by year. That way you're not hamstrung by a five year contract that after three years into the contract, Drew would decide he wanted to retire, and then you're you're stuck for two years eating dead money on a retired player. I think it's smart on both Breeze's part and also. Um, the Saints part because Drew can ultimately say you know after this year like Saints signs oh, another one year deal and then he's playing and he feels like he's not playing to his level to his standard and he's told me he's like I don't want to go through the process of somebody telling me I can't no longer play he wants to be able to make that decision on his own yeah for sure he definitely wants to go out on a high not on a low another person I want, want to talk about saying the quarterback room is Teddy and Taysom Hill so it, it seems like Teddy is almost out the door just because the money he made over those five games, but it's Taysom Hill's interesting name because they can put a first-round tender on him, and he would only cost $4.5 million against the cap. So is it is it the type of thing where you think Teddy goes and Taysom stays? Yeah, I think Taysom is back, certainly, uh, at $4.5 million on a one-year restricted free agent tender at a first-round compensation level. Uh, and look, will other teams try to come in and negotiate? Maybe. Uh, you don't know. But the thing about Taysom is, it's hard to quantify his value as a quarterback, right? Because he's not just a quarterback. I mean, look at all the positions he plays. You know, tight end, running back, receiver. He's down on covering kicks. He's a personal protector in the punting formation. So it's hard to determine his value. Uh, but I think he returns. And I think they feel like internally um, that, that Taysom could be the answer uh, for, for Drew when that time arises. I think that people made too much of the Teddy Bridgewater arrival as to Oh, the Saints are, are, are going to have him as the long-term answer. I think he was brought in for the express purpose of what happened this year in week two with Drew Brees. And that is, you know, he went down with an injury, missed five games. I think last year they anticipated that possibility. Uh, it didn't happen last year. It did happen this year. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater, $7.5 million on a one-year deal. He turned down 11 and a half with the Miami Dolphins. And, um, and I think that he's, through those five games, he's made himself a, an additional seven eight million dollars uh per year so i think he's going to get a deal somewhere on the you know that averages 15 to 17 18 million dollars on the open market and look the saints can't keep that they can't compete with that it's just a fact of the matter uh, you know i think that teddy um wants to go and be a starter somewhere else and i think he's certainly capable of doing so a team i would keep an eye on will be the tampa bay buccaneers um which is fascinating to think about um, he'd be in your division, but you know Teddy will forever be loved in New Orleans for what he did in those five games while Drew Brees was out. He'll never have to pay for a meal or buy a drink in this town ever again. 
Very true. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater will have tons of interest around the league. It's not just going to be the Saints in Miami this time. It's going to be like five, six, seven different teams bidding for his rights because he's a straight winner. But one thing I also want to bring up is the Saints have around 11 to 13 caps cap in, in their salary cap, so not a ton of room to spend. But I was looking at ways that they could possibly get that number higher, and I know Mickey Loomis always finds a way to bend around the cap, but names I'm looking at is Jack Rabbit, of course, and Kiko Alonso. They could potentially restructure those deals because Jack is owned $11 million and Kiko is 7 And I remember I talked to you earlier about if you like the Janoris Jenkins sign, you said, yeah, because he's basically free this offseason, but definitely not free this coming season. So what would you kind of do, or what, what do you think the Saints would do to kind of create more cap? Yeah, they could do a number of things. I mean, they could go back to Cam Jordan and that deal that they gave him and convert some of the the roster bonuses to signing bonuses. We see that all the time. We see them do that all the time. I think you're right. They could look at Janoris Jenkins and look to restructure or maybe even extend that deal and alleviate some of that, that $11 million cap hit for this year. Um, there's a number of ways to do it. Another thing you got to think about is Alvin Kamara is going to want to get paid this offseason. He just is. And I, I could see a potential same thing with Mike Thomas where you know, he holds out uh, during, during mini camps, et cetera, and um, doesn't you know, skip some workouts, and he's going to want to get paid. And as I understand it, you know, Alvin Kamara wants Ezekiel Elliott money. Now, I can tell you right now, I'd be shocked if the Saints give him Ezekiel Elliott money. I'd be shocked. Now, you could if you didn't have Drew Brees on your roster. In other words, you could afford to pay him because you're not going to be paying uh, for a veteran elite quarterback, you could be pay, playing or paying a younger quarterback. That's not going to demand as much money. But um, you know, as far as freeing up cap space, they could also go back to Teron Austin um, and, and decide to restructure his deal or rework his deal and alleviate some space. Let's not forget, look, Teron Armstead's a great player. Um, he's banged up a lot, unfortunately. So it wouldn't at all surprise me if one day—I don't know if it's going to be this offseason—but one day, Ryan Ramchek is ultimately playing left tackle for the Saints. Yeah, for sure. And you definitely can't just look past this one year. you got to look a couple years down the future. You think about Marshawn Lattimore. You think about Marcus Williams, Von Bell this year. Definitely players that are going to want to get paid. So that brings me to Marcus Williams. I'm not paying Marcus Williams on the Saints. There's no way I'm paying. He can't tackle. He can't tackle. And I know I get it. He's a free safety. You want him to be a ball hawk a little bit. He's done that at times in his uh, three seasons. But the guy can't tackle and I think that's a big issue. And in particular, you know, you saw it this year against the 49ers. You know, he doesn't play the ball well when he's in coverage. Now, if he's back there playing free safety, and he can go jump some routes, et cetera. But he doesn't play the ball well in the air. Look at the 49ers game where they threw a bomb on him, and he fell flat on his back uh, trying to trying to get himself in position uh, for coverage. So, you know, if, if I'm the Saints, I'm moving on from Marcus Williams after really after next year. He's a, he's, he's a second rounder that's on a four year contract. Yeah, and definitely later in that game, too, the George Kittle 40-yard run, he could not bring him down face mask, so it definitely hurts the team. But I want to, I want to bring you into some of the Saints' main free agents. I want your opinion if, this, if, the, if you think the Saints will keep them or let them walk. All right. So first off, a big name, A.J. Klein. What do you think they'll do with A.J. Klein? Uh, he had his best year of his career uh, with the Saints uh, this past season. I think yeah, he's an affordable commodity. He's not, he, not going to command – a ton of money. Um, you're going to get a pretty good player for uh, you know, a reasonable price. I think the Saints keep him. So my next one, Von Bell. I'm pretty sure I know you're going you, to answer. Von Bell. Yeah, Von Bell. They're, pay, they're sure. paying Von Bell. You keep him. Uh, he again. He had his best. 
I think his best year as a as a saint, and I think he's one of the leaders of that secondary. I think he's one of the leaders of the defense, and um, I think he's only the arrow is always pointing up on Vaughn Bell, and he gives you so many different ways that you can use him. You can use him in coverage. You can use him down in the box, on support. You can even blitz Vaughn Bell as they've done in the past. So they're going to keep Vaughn Bell. Yeah, and seeing Vaughn Bell miss a few games late in the year too, the Saints are kind of scrambling to fill that position. They had Hampton, they had PJ Williams, that CJ Gunner Johnson was back there too. Definitely valuable to this team. Next person I want to bring up, Eli Apple. What do you think they'll do with Eli? He's gone. You're not paying him. Why would you pay him? Yeah, I'd... he brought in he brought in Jackrabbit, and you know um, he's better. Jackrabbit has has better ball skills than, than Eli Apple. He's gone. You're not paying Eli Apple without. Would you bring him back at the right price, like they did with PJ Williams on a one year deal? Maybe. Well, yeah. After he goes test the waters, but somebody there's going to be an organization that feels like this guy was a top ten pick a few years ago. Surely I can unlock the talent. There's always that one coach out there that's like, I can unlock, I can unlock it. There's always a Rex Ryan that says, I can do it. I, you know, he's, he's just got to be the right fit. Well, good luck. Yes, I do agree. And that brings me to the next person, PJ Williams. Again, he tested, he tested that market and came back on that one-year $6 million deal. And he, he proved he had value. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's done that two years in a row where it's been he's tested free agency and then ultimately – come back to the Saints, and I think last offseason hurt him because he got the DUI. The teams, you know, tend to shy away from that stuff. It lowered his market. Um, you know, I think P.J. is a flip of a coin. Uh, you know, again, I know that they like him. Um, they, they trust him, in particular, in the slot. You know, the other thing that I think you have to worry about is, or you start thinking about is, what do they do with Patrick Robinson? Missed all, missed virtually all of last year, a good portion this year, uh, you know he's not, he's making big money, and I, I think that this is the year that if you're going to move on from him, this is the year you do so because of the the cap ramifications, et cetera. You're not eating as much money on the on the dead cap space. You're freeing up some cash. That would be a player I'd look to to see. You know if they're going to if they're going to try to move on from him. And um, I, I know you asked me about PJ. I think I think PJ is kind of a fifty fifty deal. Yeah, I, I agree about P. Rob. He did have that one good season in Philadelphia. But just still hasn't had that breakout year that the He's Saints have. He's stealing hope. money down here. He's yeah. stealing money. And that brings me to the last one, another first-round potential bust, Andrew Speed. What do you do with Andrews? I don't know if I'd say he's a bust. I don't know if I'd say that. Um, first off, you're going to let him walk. You're not paying him. He's going to get paid a good a good amount of money on the open market. You signed Nick Easton this past offseason, and when, when Andrews Speed was down with a, a broken arm, I thought Nick Easton played really, really well. Andrews Speed's not a bust. And, Here's where he does excel. I think Andrews Pete excels in the running game. He is a mauler, road grader kind of guy. He struggles against speed rushers, even on the inside. Uh, when he was originally drafted, he was drafted as a tackle. That much we know. He moved from right to left. Ultimately, he landed in the interior. Um, I remember specifically the day he was drafted. The late Hokie Gajan said, hey, look, that's a guard. And the Saints were saying he's a tackle. And Hokie flat out said he's going to end up playing guard. And saw where he landed and ultimately had the most success of his careers inside at, at left guard. So I think that um, they let him walk. They're going to they're let him walk because somebody's going to pay him a pile of money. Yeah, definitely not a bust, but maybe not what they envisioned on draft day. But if you can get a, a guard in the first round and he can be a solid starting guard for five seasons, that's a good value pick. You know, here's, here's the thing. Everybody wants to look at – they're searching – because of the Ryan Leaf debacle, right? 
everybody wants to, we're, we're, we're quick to label these guys as busts before we really look at what they've done. Um, and I think sometimes people fall victim to that with Andrew Speed. I think Andrew Speed's a really good player. Is he, is he, nobody would, would tell you that he should have been a top five pick, but he's certainly worth a first round pick. And in particular, the Saints drafted him, I want to say, in the middle of the first round, somewhere around 14, 15, in that, in that range. And he's certainly proven to be that valuable. Yeah, and if, and if you, I went back and looked at that draft and players that went after him, there wasn't many players that would be like, oh, that was a big miss. The Saints could have got him, could have got him. But I, I, I did like the pick there, and it would be interesting to see what they do with that left guard spot. My last question for you, I'm going to flip the script on you real quick. What would you give up for Joe Burrow? <laughs> um, man, what would I personally give up? Yeah, personally. All right, well, so I, I like Peter Burrow and Jelly Sims, right? <laughs> um, so I'd give up peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for six months if Joe Burrow would land with the Saints, or if there's a way the Saints could, could land Joe Burrow. Uh, I, I just, you know, I think Joe's um, a transcendent talent, um, you know, and I think what, what I mean by that is he, he's got he's got all the tools you want. Um, he's, he's mobile enough, he's accurate, he's tough, and um, he's certainly cerebrally processes things at, a, at an NFL level. I mean, he was basically what you saw last year or this past season with the Tigers, with him quarterback at LSU. He was a pro playing in a college game. Like, in other words, mentally, I think he is where where he needs to be. Now, physically, things happen faster in the National Football League. He'll adjust to that. I just – it's not so much that I want necessarily to come to the Saints. I'd love that, but I just don't want him going to Cincinnati. And that, that's a – that's a quarterback graveyard. Um, you know, it's just I, I, that, that organization is notoriously cheap. Um, you know, a lot of times in the NFL, you know, it's about the fit. Where, do, where does that player go? You know, where does he, what organizations he go to? I mean, would Ryan Leaf have turned out differently if he went to the Indianapolis Colts? Maybe. You know, uh, would, would Peyton Manning have turned out differently had he gone to the Chargers? I don't know. I'd like to think that Peyton Manning is, is one of those players that he can overcome that. And that's why I think Joe Burrow ultimately can overcome the shortcomings of the, of the organization of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I hope he has a lot of success. Uh, man, if I was, I think the mistake the Bengals made was keeping Zach Taylor. Uh, what I would have done is fired my coach, hired, hired another coach, uh, whether offensive or defensive minded. And went out and did what the Panthers did and hired Joe Brady. I, if I was the Bengals, I would have made that a package deal. Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. But I, I'm kind of rooting for A.J. Green to return to Cincinnati because I just want Joe Burrow to have weapons. I want him to be somewhat successful, like John Ross too and Tyler Boyd. So definitely potential there. But it's I know it's fun to think about Joe Burrow and the Saints. It's just not going to happen. and It's it's fun to speculate. but it's it's Would it, would it be a dream come true? Absolutely. Because I think Joe Burrow is going to have success uh, in the National Football League. It's just, you just wonder how much is going to be stunted because of, of the organization he's going to with the Cincinnati Bengals. But man, it would be great uh, to see him in the Saints uniform. Again, that's a pipe dream. Um, but you know, Joe Burrow is, is will and forever be a legend at LSU. I mean, they're going to build a statue of him. Uh, they haven't said that formally, but nobody I, nobody's going to wear number nine in an LSU uniform. Ever again, I think they're going to build a statue of him, and I mean he's he 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 runs that campus. He can show up on that campus in twenty years, 
and um, not not buy a meal, not buy, not buy a drink, and, and get the red carpet treatment for the rest of his life on that campus in Baton Rouge. Yep. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, Christian Garrett. Christian, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for your time. Have a good day. All right. Glad to be on. Thanks. Bye-bye.